everyone, and welcome to the 20th episode of The Untamed Rant. I am the Untamed Scribe, and as always, with me is the streetwise cat, Mr. Crowley. <laughs> Hi. In this episode. There's a joke in there. There is. If you listen to that one shot. In this episode, we're going to be talking about urban settings and campaigns. What? You didn't grow up on the streets. <laughs> That's why you're here to talk about it. So, um, I think we should definitely start with this as first. Sure. All right. Lead on, leader. Oh, I'm the leader. You heard it here first. <laughs> so, um, something... Yeah, I say it like every time. <laughs> I don't think he's calling me leader specifically every time. Now, now it's just... That was just solid. <laughs> um, so, a uh, video that we happen to stumble upon, more Mr. Crowley here stumbled upon, uh, from YouTube. One of the few videos YouTube has suggested that was worth it. Yeah, <laughs> right, that actually proved awesome, <laughs> was from a Dale Kingsmill. Um, she has um, a YouTube channel, um, Monarchs Factory is what it's called. Uh, she's really good. So far, the one video we've watched of hers is great. Um, look I've at, watched a couple. I, 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 of the D&D ones. Yeah, yeah. The um, companion one's good, too. All right, perfect. Um, but she has a video specifically talking about building cities and or towns and what you kind of want to do first whenever you encounter those things. So shout out to her for making the video because it was really helpful for us. I'll and put it in the show notes. Yeah, I would definitely do so because it's also really helpful for anybody else out there looking to um, start to build a city and or town mm. of your own. Um, so... A, and I will disclose that this sounds funny because it has to be said first, <laughs> because uh, her method is known as the sperm principle. Yes, I said that correctly. But the, you won't forget it. <laughs> the, yes, indeed I won't that's now. <laughs> and that's the point. Um, so the sperm principle uh, is, stands for social, political, economic, religion, and military when creating a city or town. A place um, where people live. And do things. <laughs> A.K.A. live. <laughs> not, not unlive. Yeah, no. Be dead. <laughs> yeah. So, um, something to definitely think about um, in terms of building a city and or town. Say, let's just start with a town because it's smaller. And if you're just looking to have people in the campaign start, start small and we'll work our way out from there. Um, Is there a word for something that's bigger than a town and smaller than a city? Oh, I'm sure there is, but I wouldn't know what it is. That isn't just small city. Yeah, right. It's <laughs> like a village is like smaller than a small town, right? Yeah, I would think so. Like Hamlet is... Is Hamlet bigger than a town? Or is that just um, another word for town? I think that's just another word for town. You know what? We're going we're gonna to squash this debate right now. <laughs> what other words are there? Like suburb is more like yeah. a region between town and city, like, I don't know. Okay. God. We'll see what happens with this search. <laughs> oh, this this gives me village. village. Oh, wait, no, hold on, hold on. People of the world, tell us. Yeah, right? <laughs> it might be faster than what Expand I'm trying to Expand our vocabularies. Uh, oh, okay. Well, this might come up with something. There we go. There this we is go. why I do my, my GM dictionary entries. Mm-hmm. To teach myself new words. <laughs> Some people, this is a post, clearly. Small town? Large village? <laughs> like, nobody fucking knows. <laughs> oh, I would be interested to know, too. Nobody knows! <laughs> There's gotta be more than just village. Because, right. like, you got Metropolis, and that's like a giant city. Oh, right. Oh, not thinking of village being the midway point between a hamlet and a town. So, hamlet's in there. Hamlet's smaller than a village, then. Yeah. Okay. You heard it here first. Or probably not. Uh, Hamlet, know. village, then town. Okay. Okay, great. Uh, then what? City metropolis? Um, oh. In England, the main historical distinction between what? a hamlet and a village is that the latter will have a church and will therefore usually have been the worship center of a parish. Population of such a settlement could range from a few hundred people to around 5,000. A village was traditionally distinguished from a town in that a village should not have a regular uh, agricultural market. Although today such markets are uncommon, even in settlements which clearly are towns. A village does not have a town hall and mayor. 
Okay, okay. And there should also be a clear green belt or open field surrounding its parish borders. The village should not be under the administrative control of an adjacent town or city. Okay. That's that's pretty much the gist of one of oh, so yeah, so what Hamlet Village town uh, city. <laughs> it doesn't have anything. Damn it, you're either a town, a city, or nothing. Right? Although I like that Hamlet. Throw a church in there, you get a village. Throw a mayor and a market in there, you get a town. Right. And then what? Right? <laughs> there's there's clearly the de- a debate on the internet about this as well, so <laughs> Because I was scrolling down a little further, too, and it was like, suburb, and they're like, no, that's not what that is. <laughs> that's on the outskirts. <laughs> that's not right. what... Suburb is, like, is a word relative to, like, rural or urban. It's not It's right. not a, a category of... Between town and city. <laughs> yeah, right. It's it's a type. Of, it's a different category of settlement. <laughs> Whatever. All right, so somebody... Give us a solid answer on that. That'd be great. <laughs> now that we've started the first seven minutes of this, right. we're not talking about cities at all. It's fine. Uh, so back to our small town. Let's use a big town, small city. Okay. That we don't sure. have a word for. Sure. <laughs> back to that. I'm so make up a word for it. All right, make up a word. You think Should about it right bad. now. Okay, sure. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Disease and excess. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Can't stop me. <laughs> Can't stop, won't stop. Um, so, these ideas in terms of for uh, social, political, economic, religion, and military, they don't have to be complicated. One of the things that uh, Dale explains in the video, which is really helpful, is that you know already for your town, as in most things D&D, regardless, you're going to have a tavern. It starts in a tavern. tavern. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, that's part of the social aspect. There's a tavern. That's pretty simple. Just hey, go with that. It's mm-hmm. it's simple and easy enough to follow along. <laughs> so you can you, have a big city, you can have more. Yeah, you can have a couple. Yeah. City park. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Theater um, even. That's ooh, that's, that's, theater. So, yeah, that's, that's social. Mm-hmm. You can um, I mean like the dog said, park. <laughs> yeah, park. You're not allowed in the dog park. park. <laughs> Only the hooded figures are allowed in the dog park. <laughs> <laughs> Only those. <laughs> Just gangs. <laughs> Oh god, where are we going? There are no dogs allowed. <laughs> um, political can be something as simple as just a town hall. Um, if, if you know to start, you can just have something uh, similar to that. Pretty pretty easy. Economic. Um, think uh, trade. Um, and part of what I want to mention for that though is think about where your town and or city is located mm. if it's landlocked if it's on the water you know that yes. that will help you determine Plains economic yeah near forests yeah think input output exactly like does it mine and send off send off metal and ore and stone and get stuff in return right is it locked on its own like do they have to provide everything for themselves because then economic becomes a bit different Right. It's self-contained. Exactly. So your economic part will kind of be determined from the geography of your town or city. So just keep that in mind when you're throwing in, you know, what kind of uh, trade you yeah, would have. It, it helps you figure out what kind of stuff is available or not exactly. available. Make things more expensive than they should be and other things cheaper than mm-hmm. they should be. Yeah, depending on the uh, supply and demand. Yeah. For sure. Uh, religion, um, if you, you know, simple church, it could, it could even be, you know, a, a, a dying church, especially if it's a small town, it could be something like a, just a little a, temple. It yeah, doesn't have if to be it's crazy. a village, it could be like a, a, like a garden around a little statue. Right. Tended to by a single priest that yeah. lives in town. Right. Yeah. Super simple there. And military, um, one of the things she mentioned, which I liked in the video, was to think about the military abstractly. So if you're if you've got a small town constabularies. Like <laughs> yeah, like you you might not have a giant military presence. Like that's just not possible. No, I, I like to use like constabulary. So you got like the classic Wild West building and yeah. it's like the, sh- the sheriff or the constable has a desk and a chair. <laughs> yeah. There's a rack for keys and, like, two prison cells. Mm-hmm. 
Good to go. <laughs> That's it. And he's got like maybe two or three deputies, depending on the size. Yeah, of like the a population. pseudo police chief. <laughs> or if you get like a really a big town, a, mo- a militia, quote unquote, yeah. or and a guard. And if you have like a bigger city, you want to have a guard potentially, mm-hmm. um, depending on again the geography of it. If you built a wall around the city, that, those kind of things. If it's well protected. Well, if it's a city as part of a bigger kingdom, um, right. You might want to have a city guard. And then a, another a military presence, like think police versus army. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and in that that case, you know, you could have. And then the secret police. <laughs> secret police. <laughs> bah, bah, bah. You could have um, for for that. You could definitely start to make you know those specific NPCs of like captain of the guard. That's yeah. that's, that's that's that person. And, you know this I mean? is who you go to talk to to get your reward for the wanted poster, right? You know? Exactly. Or like, I don't know. Someone stole your boots. <laughs> who, who do you who, who do you complain to about that? Pockets. <laughs> Those little gutter snipes. Stealing my boots. <laughs> Should tie your boots better. <laughs> Pickpockets. <laughs> right? Yeah. Where? What alley did you pass out in? Is my question. You're just walking, and you step forward, and you're just like, <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> you turn around, lifting the other foot. The other boots gone. You're like, I give you credits, uh, a part young of, street urchins. A part of me feels like at that point, though, it wouldn't be a street urchin anymore. You'd be so terrified you'd just leave the city entirely. Like, something else is clearly happening. <laughs> what if it's just, like, a little, like, extra planar street urchin? You turn invisible, <laughs> oh, right? Damn, and, like, yeah, that'd they be just awesome. steal boots. Like, that's their thing. Another NPC, people. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Another tangent. Here we go. That's why we ran. <laughs> Like a little pseudo dragon or fairy dragon or something, and they oh, have yeah. like a, a basement, an abandoned basement that they keep their hoard in, but they just collect <laughs> boots. <laughs> and they they just oh like God. they turn invisible, they magic them untied and grab them in one fell swoop, and they're just gone. <laughs> Wait for you to lift your other foot to take the other. <laughs> right, like you're just exploring the sewers one day, and there's an opening to a, like this basement wine cellar, and there's just this pile of shoes. <laughs> This little fairy dragon on top. Oh my god, that'd be amazing. Use it. Yeah, yeah, get get on that, people. <laughs> so that could be in your city and or town as well. <laughs> um, some of the other things, so so that's like the base for when you're doing town or city. Think about it. Again, it's you won't forget it. It's called the sperm principle. <laughs> Social, political, economic, religion, and military. From there, though, you can branch out and try to do a little bit more depending on, you know, uh, the size of your city, town, depending on how big or in-depth you want to get. And some of the other things that I think are are worth mentioning are, are, th- are there districts? Because class disparity is a thing. <laughs> yeah. So, so let's, let's, let's assume we're talking about cities now. All right, perfect. Since this is urban settings. Yes. Yeah. And we can. There's more to bigger things. So. Exactly. You can do a lot more. Lots of districts. Yeah, yeah. Because there's <clears throat> always going to be class disparity, mm-hmm. and there's always going to be rich. There's always going to be poor. That's just how. But if you have go. a city too, things are going to be divided. You're going to have your your industrial area because you right. don't want the smells of a forge or a tannery because that's awful. Oh, yeah. Oh. For those who don't know, it's you might as well just be putting hides in a piss bucket, right? Because it's just like ammonia. It's disgusting. Um, <laughs> but like, you don't want those smells near people. So right. like, that's got its own little section of town. Uh, yeah, probably with slums around it. Yeah. Have you ever played Sim City? Right. <laughs> because when you put the residential near, like the nice, the parks and the seashore and the commercial. They become much different buildings than the ones that are next to the industrial zones. Right. <laughs> Even in the old Super Nintendo version. Like, and the crime rate, a little different. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Everyone, don't listen to this. Just go play SimCity for the Super Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> I disagree with that. Actually, listen to this and then go play. <laughs> yeah. But there, now that I think about it, there's actually a, a lot of little basic lessons to learn. Right. Like, where yeah. crime is going to be, mm-hmm. the way the different things show up. Yeah. So, um, so think about that. If you, I mean, you could keep it as simple, depending on how big the city is. You could keep it as simple as upper and lower districts, even. Before we get off some city, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just, okay, a helpful hint. 
Put your power plants on the edge of the map because it helps reduce the overall pop, uh, pollution of the map. There you go. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> Start there. Go to town. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, other things to think about in a city or... Well, yeah, we're going with cities city. right now, yeah. Other things to think about in a city are, you know, there's definitely, or not definitely, but there can be that seedy underground part oh, of the city. Oh, the bigger the city, the more seedy underground yeah. there is. Well, there has to be a seedy underground. Yeah. Um, not, well, I would I would say not necessarily, but nine, some, t- nine times out of ten <laughs> would be seedy. <laughs> well, because it's kind of like a catch-22, because, like, the less... How do I put this? Like, the less... The, the more good and perfect the city is the more likely you're going to get people who want to step out of side of that structure. Yeah. So, like, the farther away you get from the seediness, you're actually just on a circle, the closer yeah. you're getting back to it. So, like, I can't imagine a city without some type of seedy underbelly. Uh, Say it again. Underbelly. Because, <laughs> um, like, it doesn't have to be, like, drugs and slave trafficking, but, right. like, there are going to be things that people aren't allowed to do. Right. Like, there's and the there's thugs. there's markets there. for Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Know? They're the people who run the city from below. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. And, like, you only really get rid of seedy underbellies if you get, like, small towns and villages and hamlets right. where there's not enough people. Well, and For that to really exist. Like, you're not going to have a rule against, like... I don't know, over drinking in a small fishing village. That's just what they do there. <laughs> like, <laughs> like everyone's a fisherman and everyone wants to drink. There's no one who dislikes it and therefore there's no rule and therefore there's no, like, smuggling booze. So, right, right. You know, it just doesn't happen. But the bigger the city you get, the more likely that's going to happen. Yes. That I agree with. <laughs> um, we sort of touched on it um, a little bit, but it's definitely important um, once you figure out your geography, which will give you your economic base, um, you definitely want to really think about the resources. That's, that's a really big part of any city town part building. Of the economy, too. Yeah, it's just a big part of creating um, any what, what, society. <laughs> what needs to be imported, what needs to be exported. Right. and And there are definitely, like... Again, depending on the geography, but you you know, if it's a port city, you know, fish. Water's a resource. Right, so exactly. Fish yeah. And trade. Right. Exactly. Because there's a port. Like mm-hmm. um So you're doing a desert campaign though, resources get a little bit trickier. <laughs> yeah, so like if it's a city, you're probably centered around a source of water. Right. You would... Or you have a way to import that water. Right. And if you're doing a desert campaign, like yeah. a water is a much a part of the economy as money. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's um, <laughs> that's worth coin to anybody. <laughs> yeah. So think about that definitely while creating it, because you know, and, and, and you know, as most characters do or want to do, I should say. They want to go shopping. There's always that shopping episode. (laughs) And they want to, you know, explore and find new treasures. Best way to make your players happy after they do some horrible things. Yeah, true. That is true. Almost that. Yeah. 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 Need to blow off some steam. Let's go spend some spend some coin. (laughs) (laughs) At the local lich. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Spoilers. Yeah, you'll you'll get to that episode eventually. (laughs) Actually. Next two weeks, they should get to the first meeting with that. Oh, Actually, that's true. Well, is it? Is it? I think it was the first session, but that could still be like three episodes in. Okay, yeah. We did have a whole episode at a coffee shop, and that was a literal trip. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, yeah, they'll get there. Yeah, but um. So I mean, okay. So since we're talking about that, yeah, NPCs. Exactly. Um, so, obviously, you got the different sectors. You got social, political, economic, religious. So, you want, like, different people that represent those areas of the town. Mm-hmm. Like, social is pretty easy because, like, you got, like, whoever owns the tavern. Right. And whoever and runs the theater. Right. And, and you know, one or one is good, I think, like, in terms of a barmaid or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I will mention about this, too, before you continue on the list... I, 
It doesn't have to be complicated to work. You don't have to create five different characters for each piece of this. Like, no. you, it could be just one, maybe two. <laughs> you, you just need enough. Yeah. Enough um, to be like, oh, so so-and-so runs so the like, theater. <laughs> so for, um, it's not really spoilers. So for the Nexus, which is basically a city district in the Agents of Farsight campaign. Right? Yes. When I designed that, I was like, this is a city district in this gigantic stone space station that's right. been abandoned. Yep, that's just floating. <laughs> yep. Um, here's what's here, right? Um, and there's the way in, which is an inn. So Pogue, he's my social guy. Yeah. Uh, I've named one of the the uh, waitresses, bar people, uh, mm-hmm. Margot. Yep. Um... And then there's Tekron, the turtle man who greets people as they come and go <laughs> from the the multiversal door. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, but other than that, when I made the region, it was like there's some housing, there's some a market there, and there's Farsight. And Farsight pretty much is the, the power. Yeah, the political power. Like there's no real political structure yet yeah. in the city. It's not big enough. It's like... You might not even consider it a city based on population size yet. But in structure and Mm -hmm. what's there and how many people move through it, it's a city. Mm -hmm. Um, There's... The closest thing to a military is Farsight. Yep. Um, Religion we haven't really touched on yet. But it's going to be like a huge metropolis city in terms of religion, especially as a hub of multiversal travel. Like, there's, yeah. there's going to be no set religious yeah. thing. Economic, um, though, definitely. Economic was like the big one because it was like, okay, this is like your hub. You don't spend a ton of time here, but you do. So the first thing I did for NPCs, besides the way in, which is like the hub within the hub, yeah. I was like, what shops might they visit? Right, exactly. Um, and I was like, okay. So I made uh, a smithy. I made, like, an antique shop. I made a magic item shop. I made a potion shop. I made, like, mm-hmm. an herbalist shop. I made, like, a tailor. Mm-hmm. Um, I made a coffee shop in case they wanted to go get, like, food or something, which mm-hmm. they did. Of course we did. So, <laughs> um, I'm pr- like, and I covered... Everything yeah, as far as I know. Show. I mean, I'm sure I'm gonna have to come up with something. But I even did like a an overall like quartermaster's supply shop. I did two of them. <laughs> Brother and sister rivals. <laughs> <laughs> but see, that's the thing too. As I was mentioning, like you don't necessarily have to make it complicated for your. No, all of setting. those fit on one piece of computer paper, both sides, handwritten. Yeah, and, and that's. I literally I. Started by coming up with, like, a list of the ones I needed. I gave them clever names with the help of some name generators. Mm-hmm. Um, and just some natural pun workmanship. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then I was like, okay, who owns this? What's his, what's his or her name? Um, so what's their name? Where are they from? Like, what realm are they from? Mm-hmm. What species are they? Um, and what is their demeanor, essentially? Um, like the the guy at the coffee shop is a is basically a snooty teenager. Yeah. Um, Zooch. <laughs> Zooch. Zooch okay. the tailor is just is kind of a combination of the tailor from The Incredibles <laughs> and someone who is much more happy go lucky. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good combo. <laughs> And then that's all I did. I just listed that. I was like, okay, whatever they need, mm-hmm. here's who they talk to and where they go. And But that's going back to what we were discussing, like the geography of what you've created in that, in that world is exactly what led you to make the economy more prominent than, like you said, like religion or, yeah. or military. It's not something we've really delved into and we haven't no. had to. So you didn't, you put more focus on the economics of it because that's what we I'm were also, te- tend to I'm do. I'm also <laughs> sort of cheating because our campaign is like the alpha build of the rules. So like yeah. I'm kind of developing the city as we play through it. 
Right. So, exactly. Like, and and that can happen too. Don't don't feel discouraged by that. Started this this multiverse. It was great new worlds. Right. Exactly. And there was just the way in. And Farsight was the organization that the crazy guy who hired you worked for. And, and that's then it. it was somewhere that we didn't know. Exactly. Well, I knew where it was. But, we, but it was players, just it was like, just it's like somewhere. <laughs> it's in a city that has the way in that happens to be on this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm like, I've got a little map of that district that isn't, it's just a quick map. It's not even like a good yeah, map per se. It, it's just like an um, overview. Yeah. It's like, here's a group of buildings. Here's a group of buildings. Here's mm-hmm. what goes into the structure. Here's a park. Yeah. Here's Farsight. Here's the way in. <laughs> right. Um, but now I have a whole set of NPCs. I got ideas linking them to their own greater stories just based on how they've played out. Um, and I'm starting to add like the Seekers Union and starting to think about what other organizations would make themselves in this this place that is just a collection of people from literally everywhere in existence. Right. Um, speaking of maps, though, just to really quickly throw in this link and I'll see if you can add it onto the thing as okay. well, but um, Dale does mention a link for um, map making, if you're unsure of how to make your city map. Oh, fantastic Maps. <laughs> yep, so www.fantasticmaps.com I shouted that out on one of my uh, resources articles. Awesome, yeah. See, so it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, good. it's a good site. It's a really good site, really good resource, um, and it can help you uh, determine how exactly you should structure the map of your city mm-hmm. so that it makes sense uh, for what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, and if you go to the blog and look under the resources at Cartography, there's some other sites, and there's also, I, I hope the article still exists. It's one I kind of should print out for myself. It goes over the time it took to travel various... Um, distances in the U.S. specifically. Mm-hmm. So it's like a map of mostly the eastern half of the U.S. Mm-hmm. and it gives you the year and it's like, okay, it take it took uh, like one week to get this far and it has like the, the wavy line and then if you like look at a different map that shows where mountains and stuff are, you can understand why it took, you know, four weeks to go an inch this direction on the map, <laughs> right. but four weeks to go three inches on this direction. Right. Um, and the article itself talks about, like, roads being established, and that's one reason it got faster, and, like, right. wagons into, like, trains made things a lot faster, so, like, multiple week journeys took days instead. Yeah. Um, it's just a really good article to get a much better idea of dis- travel distances. Right. Um especially if you're familiar at all with the U.S., because even modernly, to me, travel distances are always so weird and surprising <laughs> when you think about them. Yeah, they are. They are weird to think about. It's <laughs> like, because like, Plymouth to Boston seems so much closer, closer. Mm-hmm. than, say, Sandwich to Chatham. And I think it is, but they almost take the same amount of time. It's so weird how mm-hmm. big and small Cape Cod is, especially. Yeah. It's like, or then you end up on the highway. Like, when I went to Texas, Texas was super weird for me. <laughs> really? Because, well, everything's all urban here, right? So, like, yeah. even our highway is like... Oh, yeah, like, Texas is way different. <laughs> Texas, I could see farther than Cape Cod exists yeah. <laughs> in every direction on the highway. Exactly. And, like, just it one weird. outing was, like, two hours long, but it was just open highway. Yeah. Like, there's more traffic at midnight on Cape Cod in the winter <laughs> than was on this gigantic highway, and it was just like, I can see an entire storm <laughs> Alpha in, inside my view, and it was just like, Distances are so weird when you get different perspectives on them. But. Yeah. But definitely helpful. Definitely check out that link because... It, it also happens in the city, too. Yeah, it, it, yeah because Salem, it helps. Salem, uh, and to Dale's point of fact, people are lazy and they don't oh, go in a grid. I was grid. just going to mention Salem that. Salem is nothing but triangles. 
Like, you, like, try to go somewhere, and you're like, where am I? And then you, like, turn a corner, and you're like, how did I get over here? <laughs> I know where I am now. <laughs> it's like, because usually you're like, I go all the way this way, and then all the way this way. But then you take that one back road that one time, and suddenly you've skipped ten minutes of driving, and you're like... I see what you did there. <laughs> on to you, wormholes. <laughs> Yeah. So, like, even on a city level, it's very strange yeah, when and, you start to piece it together and, and look that's, at it. As you mentioned, that's something that Dale mentions in her video, but also it it will come into play, I'm sure, for the uh, fantastic maps mm-hmm. when you do it because yeah, people are lazy. Like they're yeah, not like, all buildings is, are built at the right, same time. And, and but also like you said, in terms of like the distances on a map, like clearly something changed where this no longer takes the same journey and you're going right. a different way. Like people shortcuts. People yeah. love shortcuts. Well, <laughs> and then there's like you gotta think, especially if you're talking about a more modern city or even an older city where they cobbled. Like there's easier places to cobble. So the road isn't gonna go straight. Like the road is going to follow the path of easiest to dig out and flatten Least land. resistance. Yeah. <laughs> um, the same way, like, modernly, you're gonna, your train is going to go through the mountain because it's easier than going around the, the mountain, mountain. <laughs> or over the mountain or something. Um, yeah, there's all, kind of, there's all kinds of crazy stuff that happens. Yeah, so th- it's something to keep in mind <clears throat> when creating the map itself and you're thinking about the have layout. Yeah, have fun with it. But just, you know, try to just keep certain things in mind. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You can hear the DM. You can read it whatever you want. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so keep that in mind when you're doing it. Um, I think one other thing that we definitely should mention is some of the, especially if, like, you know, that age-old, you start in a tavern as your adventurers meet See, for the first time. You know what I like that's been a trend recently and needs to be a bigger trend is like instead of going, oh, stop doing that, is start taking that and flipping it on its head. Mm. Like you're in a tavern and then the dragon attacks. Dex. Yeah. Or or like what I did with the Pathfinder game. You're in a tavern and the the sea gremlin runs Man, in being yeah. chased by someone and falls flat dead before anyone can realize what's going on. Exactly. Everyone's like, what is that? Oh, there's shit being attacked outside too? Maybe we should go check it out. Well, and that's why when I had you guys make your characters, I was specifically like, I want you guys to just be people who are sick of the everyday life and are willing to be a little more heroic than the average human. Yeah. To give them an excuse to, like, go, holy shit, what's happening? Hey, are you willing to check this out? I'm curious. Uh, I'll help people. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, and then it just goes forward from there. Yeah. And I, and there's no need for, like, the, oh, I don't trust you, blah, blah, I mean, blah. <laughs> I mean, or you could go, do it. Well, but... go with the classic tavern and be like, you all know each other. Exactly. When which, we make our characters, you're is... between adventures. You just got off of killing a band of kobolds that were murdering people yeah. on the road and now you're having a drink. What do you guys want to do, do next? Yeah, and I've I've I tried it. I tend towards that one more in my own campaigns. I'm like, you guys already know each other. Determine how you know each other. <laughs> like, we don't need to go through the oh, well, you just met. Like that guy like, looks cool. <laughs> so you haven't gotten there yet, but the new critical role campaign oh, yeah, starts in a tavern. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he did it very well because he like um Sam and Liam made their characters together. Yeah. Um, like, I think it was, like, three groups of them, maybe, f- yeah, three groups of them made their characters together, so, like, okay. each one of them has different, like, connected stories, and they know a bit about each other's other already, yeah. So it was, awesome. like, they met in a tavern. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, of course, Matt, being the DM, he was managed to, like, weave a story the first adventure that they were all connected to and like they were forced to work together. Yeah. Which, Um, which is possible too to do. You know what I mean? But that was also a really clever way of doing it. Like some of, you know, some of you, (laughs) you are all meeting, happen to be meeting in a tavern. And it was really cool because they're all sitting there and then he describes someone walk in and then one of the the players starts speaking for them and they're like, that's your character (laughs) because they were in secret. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so that's a lot of fun. That's awesome. Don't be afraid of the tavern. Like, yeah. Good. Just don't be like, you're in a tavern. The end. Yeah, yeah. Don't. Dude, Make sure it's not stagnant. Yeah. <laughs> Something's gotta happen. happen. <laughs> um, 
But something else that I want to mention, too, though, as we touched on, some of the things that they might encounter to start as um, as low-level... As low-level in a city? Yeah, as low-level in a city. Like, I know rats. you wanted to mention rats. <laughs> rats in the basement. <laughs> or beetles. Um, yeah. Like, anything that's gotten into the basement at the local end. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, that that could be... A super easy, super it's quick. It's also a really easy, quick way to teach new players how combat works. Exactly. And which is why to, I like it for that reason. Give for new them, especially if you use it at the inn that their character loves, they're not gonna. They'll be worried about collateral damage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and you can have the innkeeper be like, "Don't destroy any of the crates of ale down there, or whatever." You know. Yeah. So it's a good way to teach them rules and also make sure that they're like have a mindset for other things that could happen. Okay. <laughs> like, I throw a fireball at the rat. Sure you want to do that? Yeah. You destroy half the stock. That's going to cost you. <laughs> <laughs> now we're on a whole new adventure to pay back the guy who owns the tavern. <laughs> um, but rats are great city animals because rats yep. um, go where people go mm-hmm. and they live with theirs. Not filth, but dirt. Yeah. Because if you've ever, like, actually seen a rat, they're pretty clean animals. They like, are, They don't actually. live in trash, but they'll eat trash. trash exactly. Um, but also because rats, there are so many rats from D&D over the years. Oh, yeah. So many. I mean, if you can think of a concept and turn it into a rat, there's a decent <laughs> chance it's already been done. <laughs> it's not wrong. Um, yeah, one of my favorites that she wrote down that we had to talk about, Moon Rats from 3rd Edition. Mm. The picture is the best <laughs> because it's and it because it depicts exactly what they are. It's uh it's a night scene like low to the ground looking at a rat that is standing on a barrel on its hind legs with a piece of parchment like shouting orders <laughs> to other rats with the full moon behind them because moon rats get really intelligent mm-hmm. with the full moon and then really stupid <laughs> so they like can try to like plan and take over but they, because they get stupid, stupid. they don't remember <laughs> the last time, which so they can't like do long-term plans. Right, which could be such a great way to like be like, oh, it's a full moon. All these rats are just like in formation. Like, <laughs> well, I also picture like what so about good. what about a uh, human wizard or something that takes a rat as a familiar and it happens to be a moon rat, right? And but now it's a familiar. And it can it gets more intelligent and stays intelligent, and now it can plan with its brother and <laughs> the best. So good. Right? <laughs> oh my god! So, like, imagine <laughs> I want you to go investigate the death of this wizard. Okay. What the str- are those rat marks? Like, bite marks? What happened? <laughs> what is happening here? <laughs> Did you know anything about him? Well, I mean, he kept a rat as a familiar. I don't really know. This sounds normal. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> this is just weird. <laughs> Who knows what it could be? <laughs> there was one other one that you wanted to mention too. Cranium rats. Yeah. Uh, from Sigil because cranium rats are fun because they're smart and they get smarter when they're in a swarm. And the more of them that are around, uh, the more intelligent they are, and they can cast spells. Yeah. So, like, if you just get, like, a, a sw- like, the bigger the swarm is, the more powerful the spells they might cast, that's just scary. Yeah, that is scary. I mean, obviously, you don't want to overwhelm your first Another <laughs> your one. necessarily, uh, but especially the, if it's first time. The Ash Rat is essentially a fire elemental rat. It's, like, partially on fire all the time. It yeah. eats coal and ashes yep. and can infest, uh, like, chimneys. And in a city, if you have a rat that's constantly on fire infesting a chimney, that's really dangerous. <laughs> like, you could have first-level adventurers going to clear out a nest of ten, like, pug-sized rats that are on fire and trying to kill them before they accidentally burn the city down. Right. Really easily. <laughs> I just figure him like chasing around these fire rats in this noble's apartment to yeah. save the city. <laughs> like knocking a vase Wait, over. That was broken that when I got here. here. Yeah, like breaking everything. <laughs> <laughs> the city will pay for it. <laughs> they told us so, yep. Yeah. <laughs> like a wizard.
wizard or a cleric just create water and it just like it gets this painting wet and oh, ruins princess. the painting. Oh god. <laughs> just hijinks. Exactly. <laughs> you can do a lot with that. <laughs> hijinks will ensue. Hopefully. I, I mean I hope. They but, better. <laughs> yeah. Um so for that, like you know, think about think about those kind of things for like low level and and again, geography and all of that stuff comes into play. We were at a port city when we started the Pathfinder game, mm-hmm. so it, we were right on the water, and it was like sea invasion. Yeah, sea invasion. So it worked well, especially when uh, goblin. Was it goblin? Uh, it was a sea goblin, a Grindelo. Yes. Yeah, Sea Goblin burst in the door, and we were like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, and the shaman was summoning Draugr out of the water right? to come attack people. Yeah. yeah. Awful bitches. <laughs> Just good times. Good times were had by all. <laughs> um, but then, like, when you really get into the city adventures, intrigue is huge. Yeah. Politics is huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got thieves, you got bandits, you got... Underground movements, revolution. I was gonna say rebellion, revolution. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff that you can do. But um, that's those are the layers. Sewers. Yeah, so those are the layers of it, though. You know what I mean? And you and and realistically, like, I don't know if you. I, I think I'm pretty sure no, you never have. <laughs> but when you first create something, even with the Farsight game, it's like, okay, this is the overall, and now I'm gonna get it more more in depth as yeah, I go. Yeah. It's not like you Just need start, all of it right start at once. With what you need, like, <laughs> yeah. Um. The further away in importance it is to the immediate game, game exactly. and anything that's in the immediate game, the more vague your idea needs to be. Right. Like, if you have a city, you should have an idea of who's in charge. Like, right. is it a king? Is the king in a different city and right. he's got a representative here? But after that, and the name, the name is always good yeah, to have. exactly. After that and the name, who you could get in trouble with? Guards? Yeah. That's that's <laughs> what seven words that you need to know. You like you don't need to know the relationship between the baron and the king and yeah, the relationship yeah. until between you... the main fisherman and the yeah, tavern unless, guy. <laughs> unless your players start getting involved with those people, like, right? Um, the Pathfinder campaign. I knew you guys were gonna have the sea invasion, so like I made the dockmaster a character, but like. You know, there was. I didn't make a character for who tracked the incoming and outgoing ships. I didn't make. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't make any ship captains or any ship names. Because those. Just... Yeah, and that's really important to keep in mind for this because those those people and those details aren't something you need to know right away. No, I just needed a name and attitude for the guy in charge of the dock district. Right, so, that's it. Charlie Two Eyes. And with his eye patch. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's all we needed. Yeah, that's all you need as a DM yeah. when you're creating it. You don't need more than that. And we've mentioned oh. it before in storytelling. Have Sorry. a list of names. Though. Yeah, just in case. See, we're on the same page. You mentioned it before in storytelling. Have a list of names just in case that you know, because your players will undoubtedly ask you what so and so's name is that they just right. randomly met on the street. But also with storytelling, like. The characters and the players themselves are going to lead the story anyway. Right. So they're probably going to lead you down a path that you didn't even know was a possibility. Get, if you get really desperate, or if you really, um, if you you have a nice working good group, tell the group to tell you. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, I think we've both done that before in oh, a game. Like I was saying uh, when we were talking earlier about the the spheres and Nicola. Right, I was like, right. I was like, there are a lot of spears. You tell me what kind of spear you're looking for. There's lots of them. Yeah, it's a whole wall. Yeah. Uh, what what spears are here? A wall full? What do yeah. you want to look at? <laughs> like, uh, something like ornate, maybe a trident. I'm like, okay, keep going. <laughs> yeah, there, well, there's a blue one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Throw a color out there. It works. <laughs> right? I did that, and then she's like, okay, I pick it up. I'm like, okay. And I threw out another random detail because I didn't, and I made it like detail by detail as she did stuff with it. Yeah. You know, at any point she could have put it down and I could have stopped worrying about it. Yeah. Um, but by the end, I have an idea for a spear that she didn't even purchase that I can use in the future. Right, exactly. And that's not always the case. For it, but you know, in that situation, when you're like, you tell me, it's like, oh, well, I go west. Uh, yeah, and like, 
Yes, and. It's a very important thing. Tell me more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell, tell me more. Wait. It's definitely harder in urban settings because yes. everything is right there. Yeah. And the more urban the setting, the more variety is there, potentially. Heaven forbid you're doing somewhere like mine, the Nexus, and like the players could ask to do something and you... Literally anything could be there. Like, right. I want to go buy alien coffee beans. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that exists in the Nexus. <laughs> um, My character's totally going to ask for alien coffee beans. <laughs> is she? After that one experience with coffee so far? Maybe. <laughs> that was a crazy latte. <laughs> that was also right on the spot. And I came up with the name of it. And, and now, yeah, everything else is your me, fault for the name. Me over. <laughs> um, I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, off the cuff. I was like, cool. I was like, there's no, he's, he's like, what do you order? And I'm like, well, I'll just come up with a name. Sure. So I did. And it screwed me over. It I was like, all right, everyone out of the room. Shit's going down. Um, oh, great. I get a vision. <laughs> if you're wondering how shit can go down after you order a latte. Listen to the second chapter of Agents of Arson. <laughs> Shameless plug. It's, it's good stuff. <laughs> Latte wasn't good, but it was good stuff. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't like doing a lot of urban games, per se. Although, I'm getting better. I intrigue is tough. Intrigue is very tough. Um, keeping track of the webs is tough. Right. Um, Especially the bigger the city. <laughs> because and if like that just gets complicated. I'm, like, I'm getting better with it, but I don't think I would have fun doing a strictly urban campaign yet. I'm not sure what I would do. I, uh, that's a lie. I know what I would do. <laughs> you there, don't lie to them. There would be Lovecraftian cults. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Um, I could have told that, you that. That's the type of city story I know. <laughs> like, and that's what you love, too. Like, if you are if you love it, too, it's gonna also the, reflect in what you're doing, anyway. <laughs> I'm not great yet at, like, the, the mystery thing, like, a, an actual, like, let's be Sherlock Holmes mystery. Yeah, yeah, I love those. Ones. Like, I'm good with being vague and having all kinds of mysteries going on, but, like, developing an actual mystery, mystery? is is a different animal, yeah. and those are common in urban campaigns, because yeah, you're in the city. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Someone gets murdered. Oh, wait, oh, it was somebody of importance? Oh, shit, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> um... They had little bite marks on them. What is happening? <laughs> but that's uh, not a, that's not like a full mystery, you know. No, that's that's my level of mystery. Like, here's the mysterious thing. Here's the answer. You'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get there. <laughs> I can't I can't layer it on like a, a Holmes mystery or something. Like yeah. No, that's not yet. That's Let's say that's not yet. <laughs> You know when to do a red herring, when not to. Right. And then, like, I, I know I would accidentally do Chekhov's gun, like, every other scene. Would you really? <laughs> On accident. I, like, I would put something in there, and you guys would be like, that's gotta be important. And then I'd be like, I either have to make this important, important. or it was pointless. <laughs> or I gotta try really hard to turn it into a red herring. <laughs> like, Shit. <laughs> oh, fuck. And it is like the statue in the dungeon. Don't describe it too much, or suddenly the PCs are going to spend two hours going over this statue yep. that was just decoration. decoration. <laughs> yeah, it's just the statue, literally. <laughs> that's, that's why. That's where I would have trouble in a mystery. <laughs> like, I would, would over-describe the wrong things. <laughs> Oops. Oops. Big thing to keep in mind, question to ask yourself... When creating your city, your town, what do you know about it? What mm. do you know about, again, the sperm principle? <laughs> what do you know about about it? What do you know you already want to incorporate in it? Mm -hmm. And it'll, it'll grow from there. And keep in mind, again, you really don't have to have all of the little finite details mapped out. Because in the end, as a DM, and if you've never DM'd before, you will learn... Shit changes. <laughs> your, your ideas, yeah, your ideas get shot to shit <laughs> by the players, which is fabulous, and that should happen, so roll with it. The shit will change based, like, so the most recent um, 
session of Farsight, I had prepared myself what we were going to do, and it had been a couple weeks, and I had forgotten, like, the setup that we had set forth at the end of the previous session. Mm -hmm. And my first, like, four bullet points were automatically negated after I was reminded of that setup. (laughs) So, like, (laughs) your own previous (laughs) stuff will screw up. Like, it's... Impossible to be perfect at this stuff. And yeah, exactly. You're gonna have to make up whether something's legal or illegal on the fly. You're gonna yeah, have to that's just introduce the characters yeah. on the fly. As the characters just, just make shit up on the fly, it's just what happens, and it's awesome. Roll with it. It can mm. be really good. <laughs> so I think that that's gonna wrap up this episode of the Untamed Ranch, my friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, be sure to check out the um, the website www WanderingAlchemist.com. The WanderingAlchemist. Oh, see, I wasn't sure. I, I don't I know where you'll it. go if you don't put the I didn't, in there. I didn't fix it from last time like I did on the other one. So yeah, the WanderingAlchemist.com. Um, for previous episodes of The Rant, our actual play podcasts, um, you can also check out the website, tips, tricks, weekly articles, um, and it's all about tabletop gaming and general nerdiness, as we do. Pretty much D&D. Yeah. Uh, we love doing this. It's a lot of fun, and We've gotten a few new patrons this year, which is really awesome. If you would like to help support us, um, go to patreon.com, search for The Wandering Alchemist. Uh, For as little as a dollar a month, uh, you can get access to episodes of this two weeks early. You can get early access to actual play episodes. You get entered into dice giveaways. We'll send you a welcome package. That's the word I'm looking for. Words. I was looking for. Uh, All kinds of stuff. If you pledge $3 or more a month, we also are going to have other stuff like a 25-ish page Lovecraftian spell supplement that I'm almost done with. Yeah! Um, If you... And actually, by the time non-patrons listen to this, it should be up on DriveThruRPG. Yeah. And if you pay $5 or more a month, uh, $1 of that goes to a different RPG Patreon to help support the community at large. Yeah. Um, we already support a bunch. So anything you can do to help, even if it's just sharing this episode when it comes out, we really appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, I just want to quickly mention, and I apologize for doing it now while we're Sorry trying to wrap you. it up, but you've done it to me before. I'm just saying. If you want to check out uh, more of Dale's videos, yes. they're really, really helpful, really good. Uh, it's uh, Monarch's Factory on YouTube. Her, nail, her name, excuse me, is Dale Kingsmill. And she has a Twitter. It's at Daily Dale. And her name is spelled D-A-E-L. But definitely worth checking out. She's got some really cool ideas, really helpful, and she's funny. So definitely and, check her out. And mythology videos, too. Yeah, so that's always it's awesome. good for D&D. All right, so if you want to contact us directly with questions, comments, or to hear about how we played cats that one time and Crowley thought his cat was so tough... It was. Please use the contact information located on the website. Just check out the website. It's all around good stuff. As always, I'm the Untamed Scribe. And I am the Wandering Alchemist. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye-bye.